0: welcome back to the esports forever podcast my name is ryan hebert alongside jacob schrader giving you some of the latest in the esports nft and crypto news today we've got a, an exciting lineup of a bunch of esports news uh, a lot more like nft crypto news as well and uh you know it's 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 glad to be back glad to have some news jacob how are you doing today
1: I'm doing good. I'm excited. Uh, Crypto news. I'm going to assume it's not the best crypto news, but we may have a a good story mixed in there. Uh, Excited to get into it.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's dive on in. First article of the day is an article titled, Should You Be Esports Betting? Now, for some of you who know, one of our companies under Keystar Corp is Zen Sports. Uh, It's a sports betting app, and there happens to be esports betting in that sports betting app and you know in this article it says should you be esports betting i want to argue first of all by by you know this is definitely an article encouraging you to go esports betting uh but they they urge a little bit of caution in uh, educating you on what you should and shouldn't do when when getting into esports betting right away sports betting in general uh, honestly I, I wanted to provide it here cuz you know it's it's not every day that Folks are talking about esports betting. It's not as popular as a topic, but you know, it, it's kind of crazy to think about how, you know, for for hundreds, maybe thousands of years, right? We've had sports wagering on on really just any type of game. And now, here in modern day, we are slowly but surely getting into the effort of betting on people sitting down and playing computer games. Games that I arguably could have a fixed outcome if a company was so inclined to do so. Now that's that's me going out on a limb, right but can you imagine if a riot dev uh, for for some of these bigger game bigger games was like, well if I if I patch this game right before worlds and sneak in something into that that I know will secure me uh, you know a bunch of money, who's to say, that, that doesn't happen. Rigging goes on in the sports world all the time, right? So who's to say that eSports doesn't have some sort of level of rigging somewhere, somehow? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I, think, the, I think eSports betting is good. I bet a little bit on Call of Duty. Um, I think the biggest thing for eSports is that there's stuff that changes, as you mentioned, right? There are patch updates every two weeks for most mm-hmm. mainstream games, and the NFL hasn't changed a rule. And if they do, they change it at the end of the year. And It's a, a small scale rule, right? Esports is changing really fast, and I, I do think if you're at you know an actual esports enthusiast, and you can't be an esports enthusiast for more than like three or four game titles, uh, at least from a betting perspective, right? Esports yep. is pretty complicated, and if you're gonna under- understand the meta, gonna make those bets as soon as you see the first pick and ban made, stuff like that, you do have an advantage because the, the industry is pretty nascent and books there's so much data that to keep track of the books are giving it their best shot they just can't be perfect right so uh i think esports betting is great i think if you're uh, a better and you watch some esports you should give it a try but there's certainly some hesitancy that comes with such a new thing
0: for sure for sure as with anything new right there's always going to be an air of uh, hesitation so for those of you who may be interested in esports betting, do your research on just regular betting in general and then when you feel comfortable, maybe ask a friend or a colleague who knows a little bit more and go from there. Remember, Absolutely. always do your own research whether it be NFTs, sports betting, really anything in general. Do some research before you just start throwing money at something or you may just risk to lose that money to to nothing. So, Speaking of losing something, the Commonwealth of Australia has decided that they are not going to include eSports in the 2026 Commonwealth Games. This is a huge reversal for the Commonwealth after I believe in 2020 or even this this past year, they uh, you know, they really embraced eSports uh, at the previous Commonwealth Games and you know, uh, they slowly saw some baby steps into the space. And now the Commonwealth is just all out. Nope, no eSports, none, none whatsoever. It's uh, not to be included. Now, this isn't the Olympics, all right? But I mean, if you're calling something the Commonwealth Games, I'm sure it's got to have some stature to kind of, you know, kind of be a little offensive to eSports in general to say, yeah, we're just not going to take these, uh, you know, these serious events that garner millions of fans, to, to heart for uh you know for a, a big set of games like this
1: yeah you know the, the article cites drug usage actually that's the main reason they had to pull it i think they have to have their athletes do year-round year-round drug tests and i mm-hmm. think there's quite a lot of adderall usage in professional esports i don't think they wanted to you know they must have ran into this in 2022 right because esports was a pilot event it looks like they were playing rocket league and i'm gonna guess they there were some things that got swept under the rug in terms of players using adderall i mean it's pretty common it's pretty common in the nfl too i think it's so much more common in esports right because esports aren't drug testing normally but for a major event like this they would have to it's interesting you know because kids shouldn't be taking adderall if they're not prescribed it um that's really the the focus of this article. I, I it's an interesting point and I think they're trying to maintain the integrity of the Commonwealth Games. I think they may reapproach this. They just had to punt. I mean, 2026 is a while away. That's uh they really not they may be done with esports sports after looking at that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's uh that's a big no for something in 4 years. I mean, do you think this will stand? I don't know. I mean, 2026
1: I mean, is a long time away
0: and all all esports has done since then is continuously keep booming and keep making money. So you're yeah. telling me that a country uh, and a continent itself, Australia, the commonwealth is going to deny millions of dollars in potential tourism and gaming and licenses and and all that over some drug testing? Wow. Yeah, crazy. That I mean that's that's actually kind of insane. So I mean uh we'll see. I think to wait four years to tell to tell people no in four years and miss out. Like how do you how do you say no to esports and then you see these major events going on across the world right now and yeah. go, oh, that's just that's not gonna make us money. All these events <laughs> do are, are aimed to make money. That's what they do. And yeah. it's not like there's much setup besides some PC computers and some light spectacle at in an arena. I mean it's that's what it is. Y- you I mean, put on a show.
1: A, yeah, I mean compared to a full-fledged professional soccer field, I'm going to guess an esports arena is a fraction of the price.
0: You're completely right. I mean maintaining grass, maintaining turf, maintaining I mean, you know, esports are typically kept inside too, so it's probably a a covered space so you're not having to deal with the harsh elements of the outside. I mean it's it's got to be a fraction of the cost for about as equal, if not more, money, depending, yeah. right? Obviously, we're not talking about the World Cup here, but seriously, I I just I think this is a little uh, little too premature, maybe on their part to say no so yeah. soon. Four years? I mean, come on. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe they change their mind. We'll uh, we'll have to keep track of this one. We'll have to keep track of this one. Speaking of keeping track G4TV is staying on track and they're closing after a year of being open after a relaunch. So G4TV it's this popular uh news like esports news, gaming news network. Um it was it was killed by MTV and then it was brought back and relaunched for about a year and then it has sadly died again. Um You know, G4 actually, you know, was a big leader in the industry for esports news, commentary, uh, podcasting, just entertainment in general when it came to, you know, esports TV. Obviously, we haven't found the right niche yet to really be presenting esports in an entertaining way for 24-7 television because uh, otherwise, if we did, it would be everywhere, right? You know, Cartoon Network was one of the biggest things when it dropped because – It was a promised 24-7, you know, channel of cartoons. No longer did a child have to wait for Saturday morning for cartoons. No, they can enjoy cartoons 24-7. But one day, someone will, in fact, do 24-7 gaming TV. And I'm not just talking about Twitch streaming, right? I think there's a little bit of a difference between, you know, Twitch.tv, which you know yes there's twenty four seven gaming because people are hopping on and gaming and then hopping off but I'm talking about scheduled programming real stuff real professional TV production whether that's taken in collaboration with twitch and in, in the following years I don't know, but I mean overall it's just sad to see g four go away because they had a really co- a lot of cool content
1: yeah um I'm interested to hear what you mentioned. MTV took these guys over, or or shut these guys down. What 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 are the details there?
0: Well, you know, all you got to know about MTV is that all they air, all they air nowadays is ridiculousness. Rob Deardex ridiculousness, which is like America's funniest home videos, but it's hosted by a former like skate pro mm-hmm. and celebrity. So MTV used to put out a bunch of different content. G4 TV was like one of those brands that was like. Under their umbrella, because like MTV was like the channel for teens, you know, upcoming stuff, and then they found that that just wasn't profitable, so they dropped it. And then G4 got picked up again and relaunched, and after about a year, it looks like it's it's not going to be able to keep going. Whoever was funding it, uh, it's not, they don't want to pay up, so there you go.
1: I was amazed the first time I ever saw a video game channel on cable, I was like. Maybe in fifth or fourth fifth fifth grade, and there was a guy running around a cruise ship killing zombies, and I watched that for like thirty minutes, amazed because it was pretty cool. It was a cool game I'd never seen before. I wonder if that was G four or G four through MTV because this you was know, a long time ago. Yeah, I, I, you
0: know, I'm I'm not sure. You know, we know that ESPN and some of the more popular sports channels on like on like their off branded channels will do like esports stuff. I've seen like COD or uh, League of Legends every now and then, but. You're right. I, I'm not sure. Maybe it was G4 because that's the only one that I can think of that would have that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, uh, bye bye G4. Hopefully, something else takes its spot. Speaking of something that we have gotten uh, or talked about already in the past, cardiology, the heart, gaming, and 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 heart problems. So, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how uh, we found an article that talked about how if kids had underlying heart conditions that they didn't know about gaming would worsen said heart conditions and and cause uh some some pretty pretty terrible stuff well this article that is a little bit more uh official talks about cardiology and esports and uh arrhythmia s- sleep risking sleep apnea in patients with heart failure really goes into depth i mean this this article definitely dives deep into uh some of the trouble of what esports can do for the heart, and you know we talked about this before, Jacob. I remember you distinctly saying how you know you'd have games where you feel like your heart's coming pumping out of your chest, right? Oh yeah, I've been there. I've been there. You know you're in the heat of the moment. You're the la- let's say you're playing a five v five match, right? Even playing games today like Valorant, right? Your your whole team dies. It's just you, and there. Let's say the whole opposing team is up. It's one v five. And you're trying to get that clutch. You're telling me your heart rate's not going to elevate quite a bit because you're in the heat of the moment and you're trying trying to get the dub for the team? It's stuff like that, right? It's stuff like that. But that doesn't happen just once, right? The thrill of gaming, the thing that keeps you involved, keeps you in it consistently is the fact that it is an entertaining, heart racing type of thing. Whether it be a sad game, a horror game, a funny game, a a happy game, there are pieces of these games that get you to continuously, you know, sit there and keep going. Even in a puzzle game, right? You're thinking hard. Maybe you're under a timer, right? As soon as there's any sense of urgency, heart rate's going to go up because mentally you're like, okay, I got to get this. I got to get this down. I got to get it now. And if I don't get it now, I'm going to take the L. No one wants to take the L. Your brain makes it
1: feel real, right? That's how I see it best when, you know, I think the best example is the 1v5 in Valorant, right? You're going crazy. Ima- oh, imagine yeah. that's real life. I mean, your heart's beating out of your chest unless you're a trained military soldier. And even I, their heart
0: I would never lives. hope that's real life. I don't want to be 1v5 in real life, bro. <laughs> well, uh, real life, but
1: with, uh, it's all for play, whatever. But, uh, I mean, this is real, and I think this is something that should be studied a little bit more. Because gaming can have negative effects, but gaming can have positive effects too, right? And understanding the negatives, much like when you, you know, make an antidote from a snake's venom, right? Understanding these negatives can help us lead to positives. And gaming's not going to go anywhere. Kids are not going to stop playing video games. We need to figure out, you know, what these problems are, how games can, you know, maybe you need to, to turn your Xbox on, you need to put your hand on, the, uh, on some sort of, sensor that measures your heart rate measures measures everything and says okay you're you're fine to play this game right now and if not you know you're not i don't know if that's wow the answer, but
0: that's pretty extreme i gotta say i mean it's like a ventilator
1: for or not a ventilator
0: what do you know the, the thing they put in the
1: cars yeah
0: pace like a pacemaker bro or well, not like even that. a pacemaker heart oh, monitor
1: breathalyzer sorry breathalyzer
0: a breathalyzer for what to,
1: to make sure your heart's not beating out of your chest
0: a breathalyzer, you know, what's a breathalyzer going to tell you?
1: Well, I mean, I know I'm saying a pseudo breathalyzer, but for heart-related problems.
0: So like a right. heart a heart monitor, bro.
1: Like, yeah, something like that. I don't know. It, it, just thinking. I'd say in general, it's more. You know, doctors can can look out for these things, right? If, if it's clear kids are going to be playing video games at a young age, doctors may need to look for heart conditions at a younger age. I think true. just getting this word out is important.
0: True. It, it is. True. That's why we're talking about it. That's why we're talking about it. You never know. You never know. Maybe your heart's beating out of your chest a little bit too fast and you don't realize that that it may not be completely healthy for you.
1: Yeah. Especially. You know, I think, I, sorry. Yeah.
0: Go for it. Why well, I had a
1: friend in eighth grade. He was by far and away the best player on our B team basketball team. He was unbelievable. He loved basketball. He was so, you know, in the heat of the moment, he would, you know, be yelling and screaming really good, though. But we played the, the JCC and he had this. He stepped out for a second and his heart was beating out of his chest and his dad was worried. And he went over. To some guy said, hey, I'm, I'm a doctor. And I guess this kid's heart was beating so fast. It was basically terrifying for the doctor citizen. The doctor citizen basically you know said to the dad in a really calm voice you know I, I would get him to the er just to be sure you know he didn't want to you know make here this have this kid hear that his heart is beating out of his chest and go crazy but this kid is fine literally because this doctor citizen you know checked that checked him out and said to the dad you know i think you should take him to the er um gaming has the same effect right this kid's heart was beating out of his chest because he cared so much about basketball, you know, there's a lot of kids who care just as much about video games and they're going to put their body at risk. And we just mentioned Adderall, right? Adderall makes your heartbeat faster. Adderall makes your heartbeat an average of 20 beats per minute faster, which is significant, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and kids are taking Adderall to play video games. There's a lot of stuff going on here that competitive esports will need to understand and, and really,
0: you know, everyone as a whole will need to look out for. I agree. I agree. Well well made, well made point right there. Well made point. Well, switching up subjects completely, this next article from Telegraph.com talking about blockchain gaming adoption. Now, this is not a widespread thing. Jacob and I know very, very well that blockchain gaming is not accepted by all, but it is spreading in terms of those who do believe in it. And so because of that, you know, it means that there are more options for gamers to get involved. Now, when blockchain first started, uh, especially in blockchain gaming, and as Jacob and I both very well know, blockchain gaming is a little complicated because everything that happens in the games typically gets recorded or, you know, on, on a blockchain, meaning that it is immutable and it cannot change. Uh, just new things can be recorded down and so because of that the games that are you know included in these blockchain games tend to not be the most eye-catching sort of games because you know uh i just i haven't seen an Fps blockchain game for obvious reasons i can you imagine jacob and may, maybe i'm thinking about this the wrong way but imagine every time you fired a bullet in an FPS game that was on the blockchain, it was recorded down Yeah. into the block. Like, I don't know what exactly would have to be recorded down into the blockchain exact, you know, for these games. But I have a feeling that it's a little bit more technical than just, you know, uh, a, a lot of these blockchain games have to be like card games, so to speak. yeah i mean it just depends it depends if you want the full game to be on the blockchain
1: or if you want it to just interact with the blockchain yeah you can make it so the only interaction with the blockchain is hey you buy credits in x and all your cards are NFTs. technically right but not everything is recorded in the blockchain right the win losses of games are sent to a server which the server then sends to the blockchain you know for for a game like splinterlands everything is actually recorded in the blockchain right literally every card you choose uh, and and that's able to happen because the game is a simulation game, right? With an FPS game, if you wanted to fully be on the blockchain, it would be impossible, right? At this mm-hmm. point, with the technology of blockchains today, it would basically be impossible. It would be so hard to do. Um, you know, I think it, when we see mainstream games come to the blockchain, it'll be like semi-blockchain. It'll, you know, you can buy stuff in crypto, stuff can be NFTs, but we're not going to try to, you know,
0: Put everything on the blockchain all at once. I agree. I agree. It's not possible. No. At least to to my knowledge and your knowledge right now. So things are limited. But who knows? With the power of technology, things could be improved in the near future. Australia. Keep watching. Keep listening. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Okay. Well, this next article is a downer. But we've known this for a while. And uh, Apple – Tightening its grip even more on crypto and NFT sales. So we we, we heard before that Apple was like, oh, yeah, we're going to charge 30% for NFT sales through our app. And so they, they got even stricter and they said, listen, apps, we're going to allow you guys to do this. But really, we really mean this. You have to use the Apple store for, for purchases and, and, and selling, right? Um, which means that a 30% cut of all transactions go to Apple. This is why Fortnite left the App Store because they thought it was ridiculous that this monopoly over you know, apps and, and developers was basically just bullying people with a big stick to say, hey, we're going to kick you off the App Store unless you uh, give us our money, right? And so uh, the problem here is that nfts and crypto are unregulated it's not it's not a big company like epic games so apple can really just do whatever they want because this is this is such an unregulated space that it it really you you can charge 30 percent tax basically on uh on nft sales in in any shape or form and you know it sucks but
1: apple has the monopoly here Right. I mean, they, they can do whatever they want in general and they can do even more so here. Um, I, I don't think this is that bad. It's actually a little bit of regulation for the, the, you know, at crypto games that are released on the platform. I don't know if anyone is trying to mint NFTs through an app on Apple and give them the 30 percent. That would be crazy. But it could also give you a little bit of legitimacy. Right. Saying, hey, we're the only NFT that you can actually buy on your iPhone through our game. Yeah, it could be good. I I I don't see this as crazy. Right. I think they came out and said 50 percent at some point or maybe that was Facebook that said they were going to charge 50 percent on NFT sales. Sorry. Meta. Yeah, I think
0: that was better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh,
1: you know, I I don't know. I, I see this as kind of a step in the right direction. I don't see it as, as being crazy. They're certainly not going to take a lower fee,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but they're providing a little bit of regulation and saying, you know, you can do this, you can't do that. I think it's helpful in general.
0: Yeah, you've got a good point there. The regulation could help for legitimacy. It does mean a little bit of a loss of money in terms of the people actually trading the art and or utility NFT, whatever. But um, that's just what Apple can do. Period. Uh, there's there's no other no other way around it at the moment. So. Yeah, is what it is. This next article from CoinDesk talking about how you know South Asia is really like becoming a leader in crypto, uh, especially for like low and middle income you know, families and institutions. But I, I have an argument against this article. You know, after interacting with a lot of folks from like let's say uh, let's say the Philippines and some of the other countries uh, around Southeast Asia right? Becoming a leader in the space for crypto and for NFTs and stuff. Sure. Great. Awesome. But when it came time for us to hold a tournament or to offer something for any type of money, man, a lot of these folks already dropped so much of their money or had no money to actually spend that they were just broke. So they may, they may be leading the space in crypto, but my goodness, those low middle class homes that you're like raising on a pedestal as some of the best crypto, you know, homes in, in the world, they have no money because they're dumping their money into crypto and it sits there and it does nothing. We encountered the, I mean, it's a small sample size, but I think I've encountered enough of these people where they go, hi, I, I don't have enough money to afford a $10 entry. That's too much money. Right, yeah. Uh, I think you're you're absolutely right here. I don't know if this is a an appropriate article to be like Southeast Asia leading the world in crypto. It's like, well, leading the world in crypto because I think they're all getting swindled. Really, I actually do think there's
1: a little bit of that. I mean, uh, these countries must have been hit incredibly hard when Axie got hacked, and then the economy fell right they must have lost so much and all their you know i think you're right they're putting all their money in these play to earn games they're not playing the games for fun they're playing it to make money right that's the whole project
0: yeah we've met people jacob i know we've met people who are like yeah i dumped all my money into play to earn games and some of them are like i'm rich and some of them are like i lost it all yeah cuz i bought a, a bad team an axie right and it's like You know, it amazed me. People would be like, oh, yeah, I dropped $4,000, $2,000 in an Axie team. I go, huh? (laughs) What? Like, it was crazy to me to think that, you know, people were just so willing. But apparently, you know, you could breed the Axies and keep making money and this and that. And All I got to say is the economy right now, with the strength of the U.S. dollar opposed to the rest of the world, they got to be hurting just a little bit. And I I don't know, again, if this is really a a great article to have. Talk about the power of the Southeast Asian economy for crypto. Maybe, maybe, but, you know, the the article specifically cites low- and middle-income families. And those are the families that are suffering because they have no money, because they spent it all. So, just saying, just saying. Okay. One article of hope here. So Liz Truss, prime minister for 45 days in Britain, has uh, is resigned, right? And so Rishi Sunak is the new prime minister, but he also happens to be a former finance minister. And he is actually responsible for the ushering of the crypto age into Great Britain, wanting to turn the great state into a crypto hub around the world. And so, this article from Coindesk as well is optimistic that this new prime minister will be pushing crypto legislation on his agenda. There's no official (laughs) word of this, but there could be. Could be interesting. I mean, it definitely doesn't hurt to have someone you know, uh, especially a a legislator that is extremely friendly with crypto and, and probably has some money in it as well. And if you know anything about politicians and money, It's like, you know, honey honey to a bee. Okay, honey to a bee. You you cannot exist as a politician without the money to be there to keep being a politician. Because you need to be able to afford ad campaigns. You need to be able to afford volunteers. And yes, I said volunteers. You got to pay some of these volunteers, even though it's like, oh, they're volunteering to help you. Right? There's so much that goes into being a politician. and to stay in the game you've got to have the biggest war chest and that's the most true with the presidency in the in the united states and i'm sure that this is also partially true overseas in parliament and just you know in politics in general so you know this article like i said is uh is optimistic that this new prime minister will maybe be putting in some stuff for for more crypto a more crypto friendly future for britain at least which before the queen passed away we already know that she had approved some of the crypto stuff for the for the treasury there. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, the the country's obviously in a little bit of turmoil. turmoil. I mean, you know, the official period of mourning is over for the queen. But I, I don't think that means that the people who are, are alive for the next couple of decades, maybe even three to four decades, right, who still remember the queen, yeah. are going to get over the queen. She was just around for so long. Affected yeah. so many generations of family. I mean, I think it's hard for hard for folks to just move on like that. So,
1: yeah, I think we covered Sunak a little bit in the past. We actually talked about his Royal Mint non fungible token. I think they were trying to create like a digital dollar for Great Britain or or mm-hmm. some sort of pegged asset.
0: It's actually crazy that he's the new the new PM. It is, yeah,
1: it is crazy. So this is, uh, this is good for crypto. This is very good for crypto. I think he's certainly. You know, I'd say the first thing you want to do probably is get that stable coin up because that's powerful. That's a whole new currency for people to interact with that ties into the government, right? The government, government could recognize profits on, you know, transactions made in that currency. They can do a lot of things that other governments can't do. Um, this is actually very exciting news.
0: We'll have to see where it goes. I mean, it could go somewhere. You're you, Being in a powerful seat like that as the PM, it could have very, very nice implications for, uh, for crypto. Mm. So we'll see. Absolutely. We will see. Well, folks, thank you so much for watching today's podcast here on Esports Forever. Myself and Jacob got to hop off. But thank you for watching this video and listening in on our uh, Spotify and other podcast-based platforms. As always, please subscribe, like, leave a comment. Recommend us to friends, family, strangers, whoever you think should be listening in. Until next time, we're out.